Hey, hi, welcome. It's Vince. How are you? You look well. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode one nine. It's a hundred and ninety episodes. Let me just double check that. Yeah, hundred and ninety. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a whole hell of a lot. How are you? I hope you're well. Welcome to the show. Uh, just me today. Papa is fighting in the Neo-Vietnam conflict. I feel like we go over this a lot. Um, if you know anybody who's currently fighting in the Neo-Vietnam conflict, um, I know you can get together those boxes of like... Um, not what are they called not like parcel boxes but the boxes of stuff that you can like get together so the soldiers in neo-vietnam can have something cigarettes candy porno mags you know just shit to keep morale up it's it's a big like i don't know i i try to do something to honor the soldiers of the neo-vietnam conflict i mean this year is how many years since red october Time flies, man. Time friggin' flies. Welcome to the show. How are you? I hope you're well. I hope you're happy. I hope you're content. Uh, today is going to be a shorter little bit of an episode. I have some things that I have to take care of this weekend. So I'm recording this a little early. So there's just a few things I want to talk about. First off, according to the Hollywood Reporter on Twitter, Walter Goggins has been cast as the lead for the Amazon Netflix program. I don't know Walter Goggins from anything other than The Hateful Eight. And this is how much of a snob. Ooh, green screen fell. I'm such a snob that when I saw this and I saw Walter Goggins, there's a picture of him somewhere. If you know him from anything, you know that this dude has like perfect teeth. Like two good teeth. Like he's got like money teeth like like go watch i remember this when i was a kid my sister loved the cheetah girls cheetah girls cheetah sisters and by the time they hit their third movie raven simone was no longer a cheetah girl cheetah sister and she uh everyone else had perfect teeth like everybody's teeth were just immaculate this dude has i have money teeth and my first thought was you can't have good teeth in the wasteland fluoride hasn't existed in like 200 years either way i know he's a decent actor i know he's a pretty good actor i do like him in hateful eight i won't spoil anything about hateful eight um but that is a really good movie cowboys pew pew and actually, before I went to go record this, um, the same person who brings us our lore this week, Deadly Lampshade, said in a comment for, uh, on YouTube, what if it was a, like a World War II show? Like, like it showed the war. And I never thought of that perspective just because to me, Fallout is so much of the post-war. Like I never thought like, hey, what's arguably the best part of Fallout 4 is its opening arguably like we could sit like gunplay we could sit here and talk about what is the best bits of fallout 4 i recently actually was saying on a stream i don't hate fallout 4 i just wanted more from it and like the more i talk about fallout 4 the more i want to go back and play it again so like it's got its hooks in me i'll bitch and moan but you know i feel like that's like my kid i want my kid to do well you know what i mean so um i digress 
Lamp says, what if it was like a World War II show and instantly gets my gets my my gears, my cogs, my brain, my gray matter a-flowing, right? So I said, in response, what if it's like a war show like MASH? What if it's two perspectives? What if it's a war show like MASH where it shows you these soldiers and even though I think MASH was the first Vietnam conflict – and it went longer than the first Vietnam conflict. The first Vietnam conflict that saw battle, I should say. And then what if there was a second perspective that was like in a city, in like a major metropolitan city where like vault tech takes place. And it was like Mad Men. So like it's an hour long episode and half the episode is about warrior, um, deathy Mick war crimes. And the other one is about deathy mick human rights violations i don't know that was a bad one i'm sorry anyway walter goggins is in it great actor probably um i don't want to be that guy but he's probably never played a fallout unlike henry cavill who apparently has played the witchers i don't know i'm gonna find a reason to bitch i am I, it's not that I don't think the show will be good. It's that I'm going to sit there with a fine tooth comb the whole time. We'll do one piece of Fallout stuff. Bethesda made a really big deal when 76 came out that you needed the Bethesda launcher to play all of their games. 76 has been out for two years? Three? No. Oh my god, is it four years? When did Fallout 76 come out? November 14th, 2018, according to some information I found on Wikipedia. It's been four years. Holy shit. Damn. Okay. So, <laughs> it's been four years of the Bethesda launcher. Never once did I ever use it. I think I have it on my PC, but I don't think I ever opened it. Because everything I was playing was already on Steam. And uh, now they're getting rid of it. And they're moving back to Steam. So, if you had it... Congrats, you might have a relic on your PC. I wonder if it'll still work. I didn't really look too deep into it. All I saw that they did an update of the 76 roadmap, and that was included in kind of the text. I didn't think this was going to be something I would expound upon. You guys like cartoons? I feel like I bring it up here a lot, especially when I'm with Papa. Um, if you grew up in a household that either didn't have cable or your parents wanted you to watch something other than, like, Pokemon, the Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab, Kids Next Door, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, Cat, Dog, SpongeBob, Rug, like, anything like that, um, you probably watched Arthur a lot. And I was really surprised to find out that Arthur actually is 25 years – like, Arthur and I are the same age, and I think the books might be 20 years older. So – this is a series that feels like it's 50 years old. It's I wouldn't be surprised if it's not, but still. They just ended the show and like it's such a like there's little things like Arthur becomes an author and he writes pretty much the show that you see and like the guy the the publisher who like comes and signs Arthur is the dude who wrote the book. Like it's his voice and I don't know if he had been in the show before but he's in it there and like you see everybody grow up but like i don't know this is it's like a really negative take but this is genuinely where my mind went i'm from an area where 
drug use is really, really bad. Especially pill usage is really, really bad. Synthetic heroines, heroin itself, suboxone, shit like that is just rampant. And people lose their lives. Actually, about four or five, five maybe, yeah, four or five years ago, there was a kid I went to school with, nicest kid. Uh, he let me borrow his sunscreen once on a trip to West Virginia with the school. Super nice kid. He was, as far as I knew, a smart kid, a sensitive kid, a compassionate kid. Again, didn't really know him. His name was Mike. Um, died of a cocaine overdose. And he was like two, a year? No, he was a year older than me. Uh, he graduated the year before I did. And I remember hearing that and just being like, where did you find Coke? Because that was never around growing up. It was everyone smokes reefer because you're 15. Like it's around you. Never did I ever, ever hear of anyone having pills or cocaine. There was one time where ecstasy was, was popping, but like, and I know it's a kid's show and I know it's PBS and they're not going to do this. But like, how come you never see a show come back and it's like, hey, like, how come you never see like the Rugrats reboot? And I know you wouldn't see this. Like, I know, like, I know I'm, I'm being kind of an asshole when I say this, but it's like the Rugrats come back and it's like, hey, Tommy, um, we found Dill. What do you mean you found Dill? Look, he, he was, yeah. He drowned in a pool of his own vomit. What do you... What? Like... I don't know. <laughs> I know that sounds awful, but like... That's the reality of life. Is that people that you know are going to do shit that upsets you. But at the same time, television is an escape. So why would you want to be bombarded with that? I get it. Anyway, the point I'm making here... If I haven't driven everybody off yet... Is that Arthur ended, and it's really nice. I think Binky was like the weatherman. Um, DW becomes a cop. Which is kind of funny. Uh, everybody has post-contemporary haircuts. Everyone's made the joke that Arthur looks like Peanut Butter Gamer. It's just, it was nice and wholesome to see it end in such a way. Even though the uh, they switched over to Flash, and it doesn't look the same. Anyway, I like it. I like it a lot. A lot, a lot. Other than that, like I said, this will be a shorter episode. I have things, a lot of things to do. I'm, I'm recording earlier, and I don't want to not put out an episode this week. Um, but I'm recording earlier, so not as much has happened in the week to talk about. And like I said, I'm not going to rant about Sonic, and that's usually a, I don't know, a 15-minute rant when I'm like, Blooming! Or some shit. So I want to get in the lore. Before I get into the lore, I have to thank the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, I continue to do fun stuff. I can experiment. I can add effects and do other fun stuff and i'm just hitting buttons at this point to see what happens why didn't anything happen did anything there we go you know just having a, a gay old romp <laughs> uh, so starting from the top we have to thank the og noah thank you noah after noah it's danny thank you danny after danny we have to thank marcus thank you marcus and last but certainly not least, we have to thank the newcomer, TP. Thank you, TP. Like I said, it's always great to have a little extra support out there. I love you. Thank you. Be safe.
Now, for this week's lore, I brought him up a little earlier. The Deadly Lampshade, the guy who made the channel art as of this recording. He won the lore question. I said, um, what's a home console that I'm thinking of? I was thinking of the Sega Nomad. Or the Saturn. I'm not, I wasn't sure if the Saturn had ever come out. I always have one that's like a, like it doesn't count, but if someone gets it, they instantly get it. Like it's like a joke one. Like if someone's like, Hey, I'm thinking of a mixed drink. What do you, what are you thinking? And someone's like, Bleach, you've won. Like that one wins because that's funny. Ha ha. But, uh, I said, mine was the Sega Nomad. Lamp said the Dreamcast. I said he won. And he hit me with something that no one's done yet. And they just said, hey, I haven't heard anything from Fallout 2 in a while. Um, I know I've done Fallout 2 lore before. At least 100 episodes. There's probably some Frank Horrigan somewhere. But I want to do something big. I want to do something neat. I feel like Fallout 2, in a weird way, gets more looked over than Fallout 1 does for a lot of newer fans. So I wanted to kind of pick... I wanted to pick, like, the hub, not the hub, because there is the hub, but I wanted to pick, like, a central spot in Fallout 2. So, if you want to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you're in the Discord. While you're there, once a week I ask a question, first person to get the question right, picks lore for the week. This week, it was the Deadly Lampshade. He told me to pick whatever I wanted from Fallout 2, and I picked New Reno. New Reno, nicknamed the biggest little city in the world, built upon the ruins of the city of Reno, Nevada. Known for its freedoms and abundance of alcohol, drugs, and prostitution. There's um, a, a pirate city that this reminded me a lot of. I don't remember if it's Nassau. I think it's Nassau or it's like a Libertalia, kind of like how in Fallout 4 they have Libertalia. This reminded me a lot of that. It was also known for its casinos, the Shark Club, and the Desperado, and other locations of interest being the Golden Globes, a porn studio. Which, if I remember correctly, there is a side quest in Fallout 2 where you can star in a porno. The Jungle Gym, which is a 10 out of 10 name, is a boxing gym. And the, the Cat's Paw Brothel, which is a brothel. It also has New Reno Arms, which is a weapons emporium. By 2241, there are four families, there are four families that are currently running New Reno. They are the Mordinos, the Bishops, the Wrights, and the Salvatores. Now by 2281, by 2281, the families are still there except for the Mordinos and the Salvatores. And it's mostly run by the Wrights. The Bishops are still there, but I get into more of like how they're there, but they're not a little later. And the Van Graffs have started to slowly move in. I love the Van Graffs. I should do lore on the Van Graffs because I just, I love a ruthless, like, the Van Graffs and Caesar have a lot in common, like a lot in the sense of like how ruthless they are that it's like, I don't care. I want this done. Get it done or you're dead. I like them. The New California Republic had strong ties to the Bishop family and eventually annexed New Reno because of these ties, which, again, I get into a little bit more later. I talk a little bit more about Vault City and Redding. They kept a huge amount of automity despite New Reno uh, being annexed by the NCR. They never had a proper police 
force or an official government. The families kept the city safe for the tourists. Now, anybody who was either deemed a troublemaker or would start something or disrupt the tourist industry in any way, they were sent to the burial site known as Golgothia. It's also where Jet was developed near the stables in New Reno by the uh, boy genius Mormon child, Mirnon. <laughs> uh, if you've been here for a while, you know that's an old school meme. That's like, again. That's a meme since like the very early days of the show. We were poking fun at an individual who didn't know how to pronounce Myron's name and he was calling him Mirnon. This is probably the last time I'll do that joke. It's probably not, but it's probably the last time I'm going to... It's, it's going to be the first of the last times I'm going to say that I'm doing that joke for the last time. All of the families have dealers that then sell the jet. This is where jet originated. So this is a big thing that people are coming to to do. Uh, this is a big reason. I don't have this written down, but I remember watching something that... Uh, they, it was talking about what would be the currency of the wasteland. Why is it bottle caps and how bottle caps, I want to say it was a MatPat video, which is like hurts to say, but it made sense listening to it. Bottle caps would be equal to this bottle of water equals X caps. But the way bottle caps became the currency most likely was because of the drug trade. Because that's what happened with the Silk Road. Uh, people were trading silks and whatnot and drugs and what have you. And they were trading monetarily in gold and gold became the currency. And then eventually in the new world, the dollar, the US dollar was backed by gold. And now it's not and our money means nothing. New Reno is also a major player in the big circle trading route uh, for the Brahmin packs. It's actually, if you play Caravan in New Vegas... It's, I believe it's one of the spots. It's like the hub. I think Redding is on there. Vault City, I believe, is on there. It's, it's a major spot that these Brahmin caravan go around. From the den, a lot of really major goods are brought from the den to other places. And from Vault City, because of their advanced Vault Tech tech, they can bring in chemicals in bulk in vast amounts. For most of Northern California, the main export of New Reno is just drugs and alcohol. Which, yeah, let's get them in for the jet, because this is where the good, good shit is. But then we can also get them to drink. And again, most of Northern California is this spot, this spot in Nevada. Get them in for the drugs, get them in for the booze, get them in for the prostitution, get them in for all this good stuff. And then from there... We can ship it out and it's not as good, so they'll always come back. It's a it's a devious, devious, just twisted backwards way of hooking people into something. By 2241, the Mordinos control most of the prostitution in the town. I can't imagine in a city that's like knockoff Vegas before New Vegas that there isn't every Every casino, every family doesn't have a pimp that's in charge of a bunch of girls. Even if the Mordinos are the number one, like, it's pimpin' pimpin', like, they have everything. The rights control the drugs and the booze. By the 23rd century, New Reno was the largest population in Northern California. Because of the swell in population... The overabundance of people, the lack of resources. Most people had to turn to crime 
just to get by. So you couldn't just be like, I'm going to be a plumber and like get by. You had to become a made man. You had to become part of a mob, a family, just for the protection. Before 2241, before New Reno switched over to the dollar, the dollar was supported by the gold coming out of Redding. Now, because of this, it made landmass control very, very difficult for all of the families. Redding was too far away of a settlement so that it was like just far away enough that it wasn't worth it for, for people to send people to go there to try to take over. It was very much, we can't go there because it's so far out of the way and it's not going to be worth our time. It's cheaper and easier for us to have them kind of be their own thing because they're as far away as they are. Dan McGraw becomes the representative for New Reno inside of Reading, so they have someone to kind of talk about or talk to about the gold coming in and out and the money and everything they need. So in Northern California, the Mordinos wanted to own all of the control. They wanted all the control of the land. And this is where Myron comes in, because what they wanted to do is they wanted to get all of the miners in Reading hooked on jet. Because if you're hooked on jet, they could essentially enslave them. You want you want more jet? Okay, well, make sure we get 10% more. Make sure you're helping us out. If you control the money, you control everything else. So to make sure they could get more jet, and they kind of wanted to keep their, their nose clean, they kind of wanted to stay out of it, the Mordinos traded slaves to the den for then the den to trade with Vault City for chemicals in bulk so then the den could then give the Mordinos the chemicals so they could make the jet. Vault City originally denies the offer and the bishops would put together a plan to bully Vault City into joining the NCR alliance a few months later. So in the lore for Vault City, I know I've done that before. I talk about that a bit more. They kind of wanted to stay independent and the bishops kind of like, you're going to do this. And one thing leads to another. And eventually they just say, Fuck it. and they're part of the NCR. The bishops also invested in new Reno's infrastructure. So they actually have operating telephones, which I don't think any fallout game has mentioned that phones work in any capacity. So other than the she, I can't see this, like they're super advanced for their time. Yes. The she way more advanced, but like, that's a huge advancement to be able to ring up another person to be like, did you hear what happened on 42nd and Virgin street? Like that's really its own thing. The Salvatore's put their money on the enclave trading chemicals needed to develop FEV curling 13 in exchange for low grade laser weapons. Now we're still at a point where it's tribal, more or less. Like, Fallout 2 opens in a tribe. Here's a casino. Here's a group of people. And now, these tribal morons have laser guns. <laughs> they're low-grade, but even though they're low-grade, they're laser weapons, so they have such an advantage over the other families. Now, after the destruction of the Enclave oil rig... The Salvatores suffered tremendously because they didn't have the backing there. Also, shortly after the destruction, uh, the cure for jet addiction was found, and this really, really hurt the Mordinos. Along with Myron's death that came in 2242, a year after the events of Fallout 2. The Wrights and the Bishops started to take over after the fall of the past two families. Uh, 
and later on they would align with the NCR. They would join the NCR. Nurino was, like I said prior, part of the NCR because of the bishops. The bishops begin to work more in the background and the Van Graffs, now that the rights are somewhat of like the face, because the bishops like, all right, well, you know, we got to do what we got to do. We're going to stay in the back and we're going to talk to the government about it and they're going to stay out of our business, but I'm going to slide them 15 off the top. Now that the rights are kind of like the Corleones of New Reno, for lack of a better example, the Van Graffs see a weak point and move in. And I, like I was saying earlier, I love the Van Graffs. They get shit done. They put numbers on the board. I appreciate that in the wasteland. They kind of step up and there is a lot of strife that happens between the two of them. Again, this is all stuff that happens after the game that's kind of explained to you. Uh, this even might be explained in New Vegas, now that I think about it. I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. So in 2274, New Vegas and the Strip is created. And this creates a ton of competition for New Reno. The Van Graffs are there. So they're like, we want this, but we want a big state. Well, they're in Freeside, sorry. But still, they want to make their way in. So you can go to New Vegas that's regulated and clean and safe. And has some NCR backing. But you can go to the Tops. You can go to the Gamora. You can go to the Ultralux. Or you can go to New Reno and get hepatitis. And <laughs> do some really strong jet. That brings us to pretty much everywhere we are that we know of in the current time frame of New Reno. This is just some notes, again, all my lore from fallout.fandom.com. New Reno is a trading location for the Happy Trails Caravan Company in 2281. Clayton et... I don't think I've ever had to say this out loud. Etienne, E-T-T-I-E-N-N-E, Mags, and Stella from Fallout New Vegas all grew up in New Reno. The Courier can mention having visited the Shark Club in New Reno in their past. Causing havoc in the street can actually earn the player idolized reputation in New Reno. And Billy Knight, who you meet in Novak, I believe, yes, for his stand-up routine for the tops mentions that he did his stand-up routine in new reno that's new reno that's the world's biggest little city i don't know about you guys but in the states we have comedy central and i grew up watching reno 911 and not understanding half of that show but thinking it was hilarious oh wait what i'm just goofing new boot goofing Oh, that's a really fun city. I'd like to do more Fallout 2 stuff. I'd like to actually beat Fallout 2 sometime soon. I got to beat Fallout 1 first, but we're getting there. But that, my friends, is lore. Like I said, shorter episode. Sorry to do it to you like this. It is technically a half hour episode. It might actually be about a half hour with editing and whatnot. But like I said, I got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of irons and a fire. Got to take care of this stuff. I hope you guys are well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting. Thanks for hanging out. I might be on Twitch sometime soon. Not making any promises, but you might be able to find me there. There's a link in the description below to that. If you like the intro music, it's by Shane Ivers, silvermansounds.com slash free music for not just Feather Duster, but a slew of other heaters. Check them out if you get a free chance. There's links in the description to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, and even Kyle's Twitter. Again, join the Discord so you can choose lore if you're lucky enough to win. There is also 
the red bubble shout out to the red bubble if you want to support the show one time real quick real easy buy a design that i or the previous host have designed there's also the patreon thank you to the patreon I think that's about everything. I think that's all. I think that's everything I got to cover. I hope you guys are safe. I hope you're well. I hope you're mentally okay. I hope you have somebody in your life that you love that you can speak to. And I will see you as soon as I can, probably next Saturday or in the Discord. Thanks for hanging out. I've been Vince. Happy episode 190. Goodbye. I love you. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.